0: I want to talk to you this morning, if you turn your Bibles over to Psalm 140, the 140th division of the Psalms, and we'll look at verses one and two, and I want to talk to you about the greatest warrior. Would you just say that? The greatest warrior. One more time while you're finding Psalm 140, the greatest warrior. Now remember I'm an audience participation preacher so if you stop shouting and waving and praying and falling out under the power and doing all those things while I preach then I just turn the volume down till you get with me because the atmosphere of expectancy that's the breeding ground of miracles And since we're all together, when we all get in one accord, nothing is impossible for God to do. Actually, the translation is, for God to do nothing, that's impossible. I'm gonna say it again, and when I get to the last two words, I want you to shout them. For God to do nothing, That's impossible. One more time. Today, in your life, in your home, in your family, in your business, in your present, in your future, for God to do nothing, that's impossible. Here we go. Psalm 140, verse 1. Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Pause there just a moment. Let me remind you that a letter is never delivered when it leaves your home. There must be a completion to the process. The letter must show up where it's intended to be. So when God says he's our healer, he means that he will not only bring you out of sickness, but he will take you in to divine health. When he says he wants to bless you financially, he's not only gonna bring you out of poverty, but he will cause you to show up in absolute overwhelming divine provision. When he says he'll protect you, that doesn't mean that the enemy can't come nigh you. That means that there ain't no enemy no more and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue, this good for social media folk, every tongue that on social media cause they're too cowardly to say it to your face. Yeah, that was good. I said, they're too much of a coward to say it to your face. So they do it with anonymity on social media. But my Bible still says, whether it's spoken or written, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. Let me, let me show you how you condemn. Block. Y'all need to have a block party. What does it matter what they say about you? Bury your proverbial nose in his word and see what he says about you because what he said is truth, and he said, let him be true, and every man a liar. So that's all out of deliver. Are you going to go with me, or are you going to make me stay on deliver? Yes. Deliver me, oh Lord. Now remember, it's he that delivers you. Thank God for good counseling. Thank God for good friends. Thank God for good family. But He is your deliverer and He is your deliverance. He's the only one that said, if you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, you dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then you can say, Psalm 91, then you can say, surely He has delivered me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence COVID and from the wasting disease called death. deliver me, O Lord from evil men. Now I understand you understand, you know that Saddam Hussein was an evil man. Adolf Hitler was an evil man but you probably got evil in this context. People in your family and in your friend set. Because it is a person who is incapable. That's why you can't you can't get mad at them. Because they are incapable of sustaining harmonious relationships. Now, what are you supposed to do about evil? You're supposed to shun it. Shun it. Most folk don't understand. Shun. That's being blocked. You block him. I said you block him. How do you do it? Well, your Bible says by giving it no place, no topos, no position of opportunity. What does that mean? You hang out a no vacancy sign, you don't fellowship which you understand is two fellows in the same ship. You don't fellowship with evil. Jesus didn't sin with sinners. He sat with them, got them converted, or he told his disciples, if they won't listen to you, I just, I just worked this in, Dr. Low, because I wanted to show off my vial of shoes. I have to do it down here. Where's, I ain't got a cameraman in this building. Get over here, Sam. All right, let me show. Jesus said, shake the shoes off your Valor Christian College vans. Look at that. Look at that. Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet. Here's what that means. Forget about it. Everybody gets to be from Jersey in the kingdom I forget about it Deliver me O oh Lord from evil men say it Preserve me from violent men Oh you good today who plan evil things In their heart they stir up wars continually Somebody said, what's the Bible say about wars? I just read it to you. Evil people start wars. Listen to these quotes. In a recent study, two current apologists of Christianity, John Weldon and John Ankerberg, found that since 360 BC, the world has known 292 years of peace, 292, that period stretches over 55 centuries and in that time, are you ready? How many years of peace? 295, whatever it was, two, they probably missed a couple. Would you like to know how many wars there have been? 14,531 wars in which, hear this preacher, over 3.6 billion people have lost their lives. Where are the protesters? I need somebody to protest. I need somebody to stand up and say get us out of a war in Afghanistan that is reaching its 20th year the longest war in American history 20 years George McGovern who I don't agree with and didn't agree with very much but George McGovern did say something that I felt was very very good George McGovern said I'm fed up to the ears with old men dreaming up wars for young men to die in. Herodotus, the first Greek historian, said, in times of peace, sons bury their fathers. But in times of war, fathers Buried their sons. It's unnatural. William Tecumseh Sherman, who was born just about 12 miles from here in Lancaster, Ohio, summed it up best, I believe, when he simply said three words, war is hell. 2 Timothy 2, 3, the Apostle Paul, great, great soldier himself, armed with his pen and armed with his witness, gave instruction to a book private named Timothy. Here were his marching orders. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A more modern warfare witness and writer by the name of Ernie Pyle, in his book entitled Brave Men said, the harsh and horrible reality of war is this. Being a witness, he said, the frontline soldiers that I knew lived for months on end like an animal. He was a veteran in the cruel and fierce world of death everything was abnormal. Everything was unstable in his life. He was filthy, dirty. He ate when and if he could. He slept on hard ground. His clothes were greasy, and he lived in a constant haze of dust, and he's constantly pestered by insects. The heat is overwhelming. He's on the move constantly. I didn't mean to describe your spiritual life. He's deprived. Now, there's a word for modern Christianity. Paul said endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ he's deprived of everything that once meant any stability in his life when the holy ghost wind begins to blow upon you my dear brother and sister it will blow the props right out from under you you can no longer no longer hold on to the things that you thought in your previous life gave you stability they're all gone because he will be God over all or he will not be God at all he will share his glory with no man things that were common like walls do you ever think about that A soldier on the front lines has no wall. He has no roof. He has no running water from 15 different faucets in his home. Watch me, he has to find water. Teach me, Peter. Well, that message didn't really speak to me where I need it. Do you have one of these? And besides that, your Bible says, he that believeth in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living life-giving water. There were no shells for the frontline soldier. There were no Coca-Colas or Pepsi neither. There was no Starbucks. I know Christians, if they don't get their Starbucks in the morning, they are hell to be with. And we make excuses like, I ain't had my coffee yet. Have you had your Holy Ghost? Have you had your time in the Word? Have you had your time in His presence? Have you prayed before you got there? That frontline soldier has to harden himself on the inside as well as hardening himself on the outside or he would certainly crack under the strain. Pyle continued his account by writing of a high-ranking British officer Went over the battlefield just after the action was over. He said, I climbed over American boys who were still lying in their foxholes with their rifles still grasped in firing position in their dead cold hands. You want to be a warrior? The veteran English soldier remarked time and again in a sort of hushed eulogy spoken only to himself. Mr. Pyle said simply, brave men, brave men. I've chronicled another such story in one of my books. It's entitled Gone. It's sandwiched in between the first of the trilogy, The Cross, One Man, One Tomb, One Friday, and the third book of the trilogy entitled Finale One World, One Ruler, One Reign. I need to make make an announcement on this wonderful, celebratory day of honor for our war dead in America. That's exactly where we're headed. But let me share with you where we are right now. The at times difficult to recount story appears in the introduction of that book with a scripture reference to Luke chapter 24 verses 5 and 6. You can turn there if you want. Luke chapter 24 verses 5 and 6. If you don't have it, they'll put it up here for you. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen as he said followed by the heroic account of Air Force Captain William Dice, a man who at the age of 26 years had already earned the right to be considered one of America's greatest military heroes. He's now sick. He's starving verifiably to death. He lies exhausted but sleepless on a concrete floor in a tiny jungle prisoner of war camp. He's ailing with nine other U.S. prisoners of war. He's six feet two inches tall, that's my height. He weighs barely 120 pounds. In your walk with God, Are you able to endure hardness? Are you able to deprive yourself of food in fasting? Are you able to deprive yourself of celebrations in intercessions? If not, how dare us call ourselves soldiers of God? For Captain Dice's Philippine Island is a very long, long, long way from home, homes in Abilene, Texas. He's already survived the ordeal that came to be known as the Bataan Death March. They won't teach you history in school anymore, so I'll take a little time on Sunday morning to bring you up to reality. The Bataan Death March in World War II, it was followed by a year of unspeakable punishment, captivity at the hands of the Japanese imperial military. He was watched, and he had watched Hundreds, if not thousands, of his friends and comrades die within his eyesight. I remind you that your Bible says there will be that thousand that fall at your left hand and that 10,000 that fall at your right. Somebody you used to see at church you don't see anymore. So you decide to jump on the information highway, I mean, lie You jump on the internet, you jump on Facebook and Twitter, who will only let you see and say what they decide. I'm getting friends and partners blocked every single day by the hundreds for having an opinion in america that's not what my father and my father-in-law fought in korea for that's not what my 20-year-old uncle died in a rice paddy in vietnam for that's not what our brave soldiers in afghanistan are fighting for this is the land of the free this the home of the brave and all three first amendments are in the united states constitution you have no right to ban anyone's speech. Look, you don't know whether to clap or cry. Captain Dice is only one of thousands of more dead than alive American and British and Filipino prisoners suffering in Imperial Japan's infamous network of internment camps. But what sets Captain Dice apart is that he actually watched me, chose to be there. I'm reminded of something. Pastor Todd, I hear the words of Paul the Apostle I am the prisoner of Christ, I am a bond slave. Of Jesus boy this will pack the house out do you know what they say about World Harvest Church at these little fancy pants user-friendly no truth churches where a lot of people have once been here and now gone there do you know what they say They say it's hard to go to World Harvest. You're not kidding. I think we ought to build an eight foot chain link fence and put barbed wire around the top of it and razor wire on top of that and dare anybody to attempt to get in here to the truth that's being preached from this pulpit to the world now for over 40 years. Then we know the ones that are truly soldiers of Jesus Christ. Captain Dice actually chose to be there. How? Well, he could have avoided the whole thing, but he refused his own personal liberty to allow another soldier to escape capture in his place. That's called intercession. This is not intercession. <laughs> intercession is standing in the gap. Intercession is making up the hedge for somebody else. It hadn't even been two years since America entered the global conflagration that is, was World War II. Even so, among the battle-hardened warriors of the greatest generation, Captain Dias exploits as a P-40 Warhawk pilot in the army and his influencing and unflinching fearlessness in the face of grave danger were already making a mighty military legend lying there in that squalid cell racked with pain. He would be astonished to learn that one day, one day, an Air Force base in Abilene would proudly bear his name. On this day, Dias had only two things on his mind. The first, above all else, was to help himself and all those with him to survive just one more day. I know now it sounds cliche, but I've never lived in a time that it seemed more appropriate. We used to sing a song. Of course, I love country music. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. And that's all that I'm asking from you. Worry about tomorrow today cancels God's ability to move tomorrow. Look at somebody, look at them. And tell them, you made it yesterday, and you're going to make it today. And if they say, what about tomorrow? Say this time, tomorrow we may be in heaven. So what the world are you worried about tomorrow? He thought if he escaped, the whole wide world would know of the suffering and the plight of his fellow servicemen. He and his allies were brutally suffering as captives. Then he believed that if the United States military leadership could be informed of the barbarous, atrocious treatment of the Allied prisoners, he might be allowed to lead an effort to rescue all of them. Succumbing every day to disease, starvation and brutal beatings endure hardness as a good soldier wipe your tears square your shoulders make your backbone like a t-rail stick your jaw out and open your mouth And declare a mighty decree. And your God declared. I'll fulfill it. Now you'll see. The words that you speak. So shall it be. It's important to understand. How how terrible the war in the Pacific. Was going for the United States. And its allies. The situation was this. On December 7th. 1941 somebody tell me what happened nobody under 30 said a word what are they teaching to our children sure not reading writing and arithmetic got a lot of reproductive rights going on Got A lot of that being taught. Got a whole lot of hate America going on. Got a whole lot of hate somebody else because they have different pigmentation in their skin than you. No race is superior to any other race and never has been. But you don't help the struggle against racism and bigotry by becoming a racist. To judge one on the color of their skin is racism, the very definition of racism. So let me rehearse and remind you of our history on December 7, 1941 with sudden and brutal Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor in Honolulu, Hawaii the United States lost the great significant portion of its naval fleet. The blow was designed to cripple America and her allies from the consummate goal of Imperial Japan, which was to take control of the Pacific by annihilating the United States Naval and Air Power stationed there in Honolulu, driving America out of the Philippines. That strategy actually proved devastatingly effective. Immediate, effective Immediately after Pearl Harbor was attacked, the Japanese, followed suit and invaded the Philippines and within 10 days most of the United States Air Force had been destroyed. By January 2nd, 1942 the Japanese controlled Manila the capital city and General George MacArthur who was the commander of the United States Army was forced to withdraw from the Philippines to Australia and when he arrived there he uttered that famous line that hopefully at least three of you know when MacArthur said I came through the Philippines and I shall return. It seems to me like we had a Canaan king that came wading through the ashes of bygone millenniums of time and he went through and he said something very similar when he said ye men of Galilee why?" stand ye here gazing, this same Jesus that you see go away shall return in like manner as you have seen him go. Say, he will return. After another relentless Japanese advance, They had the only remnant of the United States forces cornered in Bataan. There were 70,000 American troops, 26,000 Filipino civilians. They were completely cut off from anyone. They were surrounded. (laughs) I didn't mean to talk about your life last week. Adversaries on every side, closing in, pinned down, running out of ammunition, running out of food to the point that anything that could be eaten was eaten. Monkeys, and cats, and dogs, horse meat. It's amazing what you'll do when you get hungry enough. You might even tune in on a Wednesday night if they told you you had cancer and had to die and could not live. You would wait till another time to plant your posies and water your lawn. The Americans fought to hold off the Japanese forces until General General MacArthur could get back to the Philippines as he promised with reinforcements. In those desperate weeks, Captain William Dice earned a nickname among his fellow compatriots. He was called the One Man Skirt. I haven't said this for a long time. But I'm going to say it this morning. Because this week, once again, I reaffirmed my commitment to increase my stature and my position on the devil's hit list every day. Oh, no, you don't want to clap now. Oh, no, you don't want to clap now. People all the time run up to me. Oh, lay your hands on me. I want your anointing. Okay. Okay. Just stand right there and wait a minute and let me pray before I put my hands on you. Because I wanna pray that you be raised in abject poverty. and I want you to be raised on a third floor, one bedroom apartment with your sister and your father and your, your veteran father and your mother as they both work two jobs. I pray that you watch your mother cut out cardboard and put in the bottom of her shoes where there are holes as big as a quarter as she walks to her first and second job. You want that anointing? Run on up here. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that when you're a junior in high school The doctor looks at you and says, you have spinal meningitis. You may never walk again. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that you get struck by an automobile and thrown 100 feet in the air, turning over three times in a somersault and landing on the pavement on the back of your head and neck. Let me pray for you. Soldier, I wanna pray for you that you remain the only one of your entire family still breathing air on this earth. I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for you that the people that you have served, the people that have been with you for 10 years, 15 years, 17 years, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, get miffed about some little thing and tell the world the most horrific lies they can imagine about you and you keep your silence. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that they look at you and your wife and say your daughter through an amniocentesis test. We need to schedule an abortion. In all likelihood, she is down syndrome and has several birth defects. I wanna pray for you to make that decision. I wanna pray for you, soldier. I need to get you a little bit hardened on the inside. I need you to understand what it means when you don't have a dollar to change. They look at you seven years in a row and say you've got to shut down Harvest Preparatory School and under God close that Bible college. They're going to take your home. They're going to take your parents home. They're going to take everything you own and they're going to turn this place into a shopping mall. If you don't come up with $2 million in the next 25 days, seven years in a row, I want to pray for you. Comrade, you precious little Christian, that if the temperature is not right, you can't handle it. If your baby doesn't get its dieting changed in the nursery more than you change it at home, you can't handle it. You don't like 10% of what the preacher said, so you're never going back. Because after all, we need a preacher constructed as an idol that his only business is to tell us what we want to hear and nothing we don't and make no requirement of us. Soldier, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that your father, who built all this, gets struck with cancer in both kidneys. And while you're on the road preaching 15 nights in a row, you get a call that said, no hope. There's nothing we can do. He is not a candidate for a transplant, I just wanna pray for you. Cause you think anointing comes by running down somewhere and having somebody pray a prayer for you. Let me tell you where anointing comes, in the press. I need to be in the foxhole with somebody that has fought and whose sword is bloody with enemy blood. My God, I feel like preaching up in here today. Lead on, O King Eternal. As long as it's to my new house and a better car and more money in my bank account. And I get to do whatever I want whenever I want. And I will tell you one thing, ain't nobody telling me what to do. How's that working out for you? Letting your heart and mind be filled with hatred. How's that working out? If you don't fight for something, you're gonna fall for everything. Never, ever, ever give up. Never relinquish your stronghold on the hem of his garment never quit. Hell is populated with quitters and complainers, and I can't take it anymore. Why are you taking it? I just want you to know. I want hell to know my name. My mentor, Doctor Lester Sumrall, said I get up every day with a firm knowledge that the minute my eyes pop open, hell goes on red alert, and they send it from smoking-filled corridor to depraved flaming corridor. He's up again. Quit worrying about how many friends you got on Facebook and see if you've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. William died single-handedly whoo, attacked Japanese amphibious landings over and over and over and over again, cobbling together parts from from crashed airplanes to storm himself so weakened and starving into Japanese positions and sinking them one after the other. Mm -hmm. By so doing, he managed to delay the Japanese assault. He saved thousands and thousands of lives you know what, what I want? to Put on my tombstone. He saved millions. Somebody was dying hopelessly without Christ. And he got to them. Many of you listening to me today are in the kingdom. And remain there because I was here. Shall I pray for you that after the blessing of God for nearly 50 years, you get a little sore throat? Yeah, maybe I'll pray that and the doctor looks at you and says, you have vocal cord cancer. We don't know that you'll ever speak again. Should I pray for you that while you've got all this on your shoulders, there are two years that you can't whisper a word, you want this anointing? People say, why did you build, and by the way, my wife and I built it. Why did you build Jack Johnson Field? Why did you build that track? Why did you build and donate the HBS softball field? Why did you do that? Because I wanted other people's children to do what mine couldn't. You want this anointing? You want to fight? Or you just want to let the devil do whatever he wants to you? You want him to steal your children and rape your family and loot your home and destroy your peace and take your joy? Well, then you better learn to fight. And war is hell. I usually say God will give you heaven to go to heaven in. I'm about to rephrase it and say he'll give you some heaven and a whole lot of hell to make it to heaven in because there's somebody else that is depending on you making it. They're watching you. They're dying, they're suffering, they're starving, they're being beaten, the devil is destroying their life and they're watching you because they believe if you can make it, they can make it too. Look at somebody and say, don't you dare give up. I'm watching you. Don't you quit on your marriage. I'm watching you. Don't you go get in bed with somebody that's not your spouse. I'm watching you. There's only one thing better than going to heaven. That's taking somebody with you. And there's only one thing worse than ending up in hell. And that's because of what you do, they end up there. That's the reason that book says, touch not mine anointed and do his prophets no harm. Not one word has not been heard in heaven. And an account kept of you and what you've done. You know what war is? I wish people in Washington, D.C. Would get this. War is hell. Don't you think you can sit in your little pew and hide out from God? and do your halfway little repentant, I'm sorry. God didn't hear you. A contrite heart, a broken spirit, an openly repentant heart is the only one God can forgive. So just try to keep your little secret. Everybody already knows anyway. My great God. This is a war. We got to help each other. We got to cover each other. We got to quit walking away from the wounded. No, you missed it. They marched 80 miles in the sweltering heat. They marched. One would fall and another would pick him up. Dias was highly valued by his superior officers. He was ordered to fly his plane off the island immediately, but he simply refused to leave his comrades behind. I feel the Spirit of God so strongly. Who have you left behind? Who have you cut off? Who needs you to stand with them, to fight with them, to pray with them, to encourage them? Just one more day. Just one more day. Instead, He put others on his airplane, and they flew off to safety. Finally, there was only one airplane left. Just one. Just one. He was moved to three different POW camps. The Christian soldier is never stationary. He's always moving, looking for just one more. Just one more. A little boy was walking along the beach. There were thousands and thousands of those starfish washed up on the beach. A little boy, about 10 years old, was running down the beach, exhausted. He was throwing those little starfish back into the ocean. Preacher walked by, attempting to wax eloquent as preachers will do, he said, son, son, don't wear yourself out like that. Look, you can't possibly save all of these. And the little boy looked at him with perspiration running in his eyes. and he, picked up another one and threw it in the ocean. And he said, I may not save them all, but I saved that one. What about you? What about you? Who's watching? you? Who are you fighting for? Who are you standing in the gap for? Are you just in the kingdom of God to see what God can do for you? If that's the case, He would have just given you eternal life and taken you to heaven the minute you prayed the sinner's prayer. You're obviously here for a reason. Dias formulated a plan. (laughs) And On April 4th, 1943, as the prisoners of war, end of day roll call commenced, skeletal figures lined up in rows and struggled just to stand. Heads were counted, counted again. There was a lot of consternation, a lot of chatter going on among all of the mm, Japanese guards. They and Then there was a hurried third count. Was, well, count again. And finally, a thorough inventory of prisoners revealed the truth. Someone was missing. It was Captain William Dice. He'd escaped when escape was impossible, and so can you, and what's more, there were nine other prisoners that he took with him. Soon the world would know the truth. Still, the cruel captors couldn't believe what had happened. It was true. All the same, the prized prisoner, Captain William Dice, was gone 20 centuries later another hero stepped forward to champion the cause of all captives by becoming one himself he too could have chosen freedom he too could have escaped the pain the agony the beatings the brutality the mocking the misery yet he entered there that's suffering for you and for me and he did it willingly he chose his change He extended the hands to the shacklers. He offered his back to the torturers. He completed the most gruesome death march ever undertaken. His merciless and hate-fueled enemy believed he had the valiant captain of souls, hopelessly and eternally confined to a dark and inescapable prison. Yet one morning, a headcount was taken. Shock waves reverberated throughout the darkened corridors of the doomed and the damned. The unequaled hero of all men was no longer lying in that cold gray stone cell. The champion of the ages was gone. And by his cross, And his resurrection, Jesus Christ, made a public display of the fallen forces of darkness, manifesting a mastery over them in a spectacular demonstration of his overwhelming authority. Heaven and hell waited in silent expectation for the answer to the question, would God veto the crucifixion? with a resurrection and hell was the first to know. A light appeared way out there. the end of the darkness, the king of glory lifted the rusty gates of hell and damnation from their hinges, flung them over to one side and shouted, I am Alpha and I am Omega. He that was and is and forevermore shall be. And because I live, You can live also. If you believe it, jump up to your feet. Give him the greatest praise of the day. The greatest warrior fought your battle. Father, I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice or watching or on radio or by the internet or podcast or however they're listening today. Those here, those in the branch campuses. Father, this day, I ask you to give us judgment day, honesty. None of us want to know what hell looks like. And you paid the price. You fought and you won our victory. You brought us out. And father, we want to serve you. But sin has been in our way. This day, let everyone receive the balm of Gilead to wash away the sins in their sin sick soul. Today, may we claim victory through Jesus Christ, through his cross, through his resurrection alone. And Father, we repent. For not being good soldiers, enduring hardness, and setting captives free by our sacrifice. But right now, every person who may be unsure of your eternal destiny, hear this preacher, you still have today. You don't have tomorrow. The Bible said tomorrow's promise to no one. So I'm asking you in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, take an inventory. Only one life so soon will be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Are you free on the inside? Every man is born locked up in prison. Every man wants to find the key. Every man wants to soar like an eagle but only the blood washed can be free that's your opportunity today this moment when i say three you're not going to heaven because you were in a church you're not going to heaven because you're a good person you're not going to heaven because your mother and father may already be there but today you can have the full assurance you're as sure for heaven as if you were already there all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord in just a moment we're going to pray and God will do exactly what we ask him to do if something should happen and you laced your shoes for the last time someone else would have to take them off of you are you ready? To stand before God make the choice make it now that you'll be glad you made for the endless ages of eternity I'm going to count to three Jesus died for you it's time for you to live for him on three raise that hand and say I want to know Jesus Christ I need forgiveness and I want to go to heaven on three raise that hand if that's you and I know it is do it now do it bravely do it strongly no one walks out of a jail cell run out on three raise that hand hands are already being raised do it now one two three raise that hand thank you 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 hands raised all over this building Let's pray together, there in Elkhart, online. If you're responding and you wanna pray this prayer, just type in me, just type in me and leave me your email address so I can send you some literature. Pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, you won the victory for me on Calvary's tree. You were resurrected from the dead for my forgiveness today I accept you today I believe in you today I confess you as my personal savior I will live for you as you show me how thank you for forgiving me thank you for giving me eternal life I'm going to live for you as you show me how I'm just so happy I could almost clap and shout. Oh, why not? Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I wanna invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day, and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.